Hello, happy Sidehunters and Webmasters. Welcome to the Blockade Tip Susie Podcast for August 2nd, 2022. And I'm your host, Mayanna. Tips this week include the new tutorial on how to do the Yoast database optimization after the plugin update. The next phase of our PHP 8 testing will start this week. There are new Cloudflare tutorials underway for my webmaster designers. Do you know how many bad bots are hitting your site? Oh, it's way more than you think. And it's costing you more than you think, too. And uh-oh, we lost the battle. And WebP by default is coming to WordPress 6.1. Five tips to improve your content strategy. And Google delays third-party cookie drop for another year. The difference in Core Web Vitals and Google PageSpeed Insights. Where to get a real speed report for your site. WordPress encourages locally hosted Google Fonts. And what I'll be doing with my fonts in my next thing. So let's dive in. In Blockade Happenings, we got a whole lot of moving and doing going on around here. I believe we had a record number of site owners migrating to better hosting this past week. And most all of them combined it with site audits, so that saved the money too. And I'm happy and relieved to get more site owners to hosting that I know is set up correctly and won't give us issues, especially when everyone is forced to use PHP 8.0 later this year. And woo got a new tutorial for you. Now, I bet you didn't know that just about every time you update the Yoast SEO plugin, you also need to do a database optimization on its tables. And the reason you didn't know this is because Yoast Stop putting notifications for it at the top of our admin pages. Uh-oh. The only place this message shows now is on the Yoast General Settings page in the notification section. And nobody looks at that. So, we need to be in the habit of looking there after we update the plugin. And I've created a new tutorial for you on how to do it. And of course... All of my peeps are in the habit of doing their plugin updates near to when their regularly scheduled backup just took. But I would suggest taking a new database backup anyway. And I'll show you how to do that too with Updraft Plus. It's just way faster than taking a full backup. In Blockade Village happenings, thank you to everyone who jumped right on this with our PHP 8 testing and got your hosting updated and for all of the reports that you sent in. We were able to confirm hosts and plugins that were not PHP 8 ready and we found the fixes for the majority of them. There are a few plugins that are still not compatible yet and those vendors have been alerted. Now in our next phase of testing, we'll be having a look at our PHP error logs to find issues that you may not know are happening. And I'll be making tutorials this week for my BB Hub site audit clients and my webmaster training folks for how to do those checks and what to look for. In Blockade course happenings, woohoo, got new Cloudflare tutorials underway. 
Cloudflare is innovating all the time, like every week. I see something new or an interface tweak or such, and trying to keep my webmaster training folks updated has meant making tutorials that have grown out like a cactus in every direction. So, last week, I went through all of the tutorials in the Cloudflare section, and I made new outlines so I can consolidate and revamp those tutorials. Now, I've already finished the overall tour of settings, and I'm now working on the security settings section. Did you know that there are 30-plus settings in Cloudflare for security and speed? Huh? Just putting your site on it helps, but not nearly enough if you don't configure it properly. And definitely don't get it through your hosting. You need your own Cloudflare account and to have control over where your domain points yourself to. Hey, do you know how many bots are hitting your site? Hmm? One of the best security features with using Cloudflare is knocking out bad bots before they ever hit your hosting, much less your site. Did you know that you could be getting 30,000 bot hits a month on your site? Hmm? The overwhelming majority of those are bad bots too. And the rest are search engine bots, and all of them are chewing up your hosting resources that should be reserved for your human visitors. And speaking of, human visitors are all you see in Google Analytics. You have to dig into the hosting logs to see the other bots, and that's exactly what I do in site audits. Now, the perks of properly securing your site include increased site speed, lower hosting costs, less spam comments, less spam opt-ins, less hacker bots, and you stop SEO agencies from crawling your content and giving that info to your competitors to beat you at ranking high. But Cloudflare is just one part of your site security, and when you get it all done, you'll see a 50 to 70% drop in those bad bot hits. And you'll notice the speed increase on both the front and back side of the site too. All right, y'all, that's all the happenings around here. Let's jump into this week's tips and news. Oh, I didn't have nice things to say about this. Despite all objections, an extreme controversy, the WordPress performance team devs who pushed to get WebP images by default into WordPress are going to get their way. It's committed to WordPress 6.1, which is the next major release later this fall. What we don't know right now is whether it will be owned by default or not, or whether there will be an easy way to opt out. This thing is going to fork our sites. And here's how I think it will go. Of the 445 million WordPress users, half won't even know it happened. Half of the rest won't know to care. And of the one quarter that does object, WordPress will say, 
that it's a minority of users affected. Mm. Now, I'll be on the lookout for a code snippet or plugin or whatever so those of us who do care can turn this crap off. In content marketing tips, do you have a content strategy? Hmm? I don't mean a list of posts you want to write. I mean a real strategy for those posts. You need one. Now, back when I got ready to flip heartwood art from a hobby carving site to a woodworking site, I made a list of all the things I wanted to build. Then I made a list of all the tools I would need to do that build, including the tools I already had, didn't have, and those that needed an upgrade to be better. And then I went online to see what others were blogging about with just those two things. Wow! That research was so insightful. And I picked up 100 more ideas of what I could blog about. I was so excited. And then so overwhelmed. I wanted to be strategic with my blogging because I had monetary goals for that site. And that's when I took that list of post ideas and rearranged it into a content strategy. And it worked. And it's still working. Now, I haven't even posted to that site in 10 months now. And it's still driving traffic and generating revenue through affiliate sales and the YouTube Partner Program. Time on site is high and bounce rate is low. And the most impactful content strategy I used was to plan for a content silo right off the bat. And I teach you how to do that too in the DIY SEO course. And I guarantee you that it is my top strategy as I build my new secret project too. Then last week, I came across a post from Christy Hines on Search Engine Journal titled, Five Tips to Improve Your Content Strategy, and I knew it would help you get into the mindset to do this too. Now, I'm going to give you the tips here, but you really need to read the whole article so it will click for you. Okay, the first is, think like a publisher. I can't tell you how insanely important this is. Make sure everything fits into your sales funnel. Refine and document your editorial process. Review, refresh, and replace. And use your network. So go give this post a read and see if things start clicking for you with changing your mindset over from being a blogger to being a content entrepreneur that makes money. In monetization tips, oh, I honestly don't know how Google can get away with just kicking the can down the road on Chrome privacy settings with regard to dropping third-party cookie tracking. They're already being sued over it. They have been for years. And yet they're going to delay it for another year. You know, Chrome is the only browser left that hasn't put privacy first. And though I don't know how they can just keep delaying, I certainly do know why. There's too much money at stake to be privacy-focused. 
ad revenue for everyone, including Google, will drop like a lead balloon when they can't pinpoint target who those ads are shown to. Now, while some bloggers see this as good news, I don't. I believe it will just delay site owners who blog for ads as their primary revenue an excuse to procrastinate in getting busy with establishing themselves as direct paid content entrepreneurs. And let me tell you, the bloggers who have already moved toward that model are making way more money now. Ads are just a side income for them. They won't care so much when the revenue gets cut in half. Now, by the time this drop happens, a lot of bloggers are just going to quit because they really can't face trying to get established in a new way when those platforms are already saturated by the early adopters. Let me tell you something. Blogging for ads is the hardest and slowest way to make income. That's what you don't have time for. And let me tell you something else. There is no such thing as passive income. Yes, I'm earning money with Heartwood Art even though I haven't blogged in nearly a year, but I do actively promote it in related groups that I participate in. And if I put more time into it, I could turn it into a full-time income that would still not rely on ads. But I decided to flip it back to a hobby site for now as I see this new secret project as being far more lucrative and sustainable for the time it takes to create what makes money. So I invite you to take all you have learned from running your site the way it is now and apply it to a new model that earns income without ads. And if time is the issue, think about how much time you're spending on your site now that is not earning all the income it could. I hear folks complain about how much time it takes to make a video. Yeah, but it gets way more eyeballs and earns way more money. You're going to spend the time on something. Why not make it the most lucrative payback thing? In speed tips, hey, do you check what Core Web Vitals reports in Google Search Console on your site speed? Hmm? Do you check your site speed on Google PageSpeed Insights? Hmm? You may have noticed an extreme difference in those results. Google's John Mueller explains why, as reported by Search Engine Journal. And you're welcome to read what he said, but I'm going to tell you the real truth. Both of these reports are shit. Now, beyond that, they don't even help you know what to do to improve your site speed. Now, and I can hear you say, but that's what Google thinks my site speed is. No, it's not. Google PageSpeed Insights is the worst speed tester on the planet and has nothing to do with your real-world site speed or what Google thinks about it. It uses a Moto phone, a fast 3G connection, and hidden testing locations. Now, if you're targeting a U.S.-based audience, 
they're using an iPhone or an Android, which is four times faster than a Moto phone. They're also using home Wi-Fi or 4G or 5G connection, which is two times faster than a fast 3G connection. The reason Google PageSpeed Insight uses what it does is because that's the global average. But that's not your audience. If you want a real test of your site speed, you need to get the paid version of GT Metrics where you can set the parameters for what your visitors actually use. That's one of the testers I use in site audits. Now, about that Core Web Vitals report in Search Console, it reports what your visitors who are using Chrome are actually encountering on your site. But it's still not real world. Those hits also include bots from who knows where. And one of the ways hacker bots try to pose as a human visitor is by masking themselves as using a browser to access your site. Guess which browser they use most often? Yep, Chrome. And they may be coming from proxy places where the internet is insanely slow. And none of that has anything to do with what your target audience is experiencing. Plus, what you see in Core Web Vitals is a 28-day aggregated report. If you watch it day-to-day, you'll see it jump all over the place. It's useless. And none of Google's testers give you a real clue what needs to be fixed on your site either. I see site owners struggle to figure it out and then fix the wrong thing and never see an improvement. Get a real speed report. You know, the site audit reports I send clients is 20 to 30 pages of info, starting with what I find on their hosting and on their site. The performance tester reports are the last thing that we look at, and we already know what the speed drags are on the site before we even get there. The reports just show how bad those things are. It's clear as day what needs to be changed and why, and the site owner is super happy to make those changes. Plus... They notice speed improvements from just us cleaning out the junk on the hosting side. And even before we get to the speed tweaks, after we're all done, we run those speed testers again. And they can clearly see that all of the changes worked with zero trickery. And what's even better is they know how to keep their sites fast and secure from then on too. So stop trying to go it alone or get cheap trickery that just makes the testers look good but doesn't actually improve your site speed for your visitors. Get an audit and get results, including more opt-ins, more follows, more time on site, lower bounce rate, and more money. This is the kind of thing that pays for itself in ways you can measure in theme tips, over the last year or so, there's been a push by theme authors to host Google Fonts locally. 
meaning to put a copy on the site's hosting rather than to bring them in from Google. Now, I never jumped on this bandwagon as far as speed because there wasn't really an easy way to do it. And third-party theme fonts weren't usually the big speed issue anyway, especially if you properly optimize the site or use common fonts that were likely already cached by the visitor's browser. Now, having way too many third-party fonts was an issue, as some themes just went overboard with them, as did too many plugins. But speed is not the only consideration anymore. Now, GDPR privacy tracking is in play. So every time a third-party font is requested, it has to reveal the IP of where that request originates, and that info is tracked by the third-party provider. And the free themes repository in WordPress had already just allowed the use of bringing in third-party elements like CSS or images or such, but they had made an exception for Google Fonts. Well, because of GDPR compliance, WordPress can no longer make that exception. And they're encouraging all theme developers to start hosting fonts locally. To be honest, I never had issues with using the web-safe fonts that are stored in everyone's browsers like Verdana, Tahoma, Georgia, and more. And you can see a list of the current web-safe fonts on the W3School site. But every theme base I wanted to use had Google Fonts, so I didn't feel like putting my designer through the hoops to change over to web-safe fonts. But... For my new secret site project, I will be seriously looking into this, as I will for any theme upgrade I do. I will either go to WebSafe Fonts or host Google Fonts locally, and I suggest you ask your designer to do the same. And while a lot of folks are doing their own theme designs these days, this is just one more reason why a designer is worth paying for. If you want to see the speed reason, go check out a recent post I made on the Blogate Facebook page for a mock-up theme designed by Michelle at GoFetty without any extra speed tweaks at all. It scored perfectly. It's also accessibilities compliant too. Plus... Michelle is one of my webmasters, and any site she sets up will be to the exact same security standards that I use for me and my clients. Webmaster designers are definitely worth paying for. All right, y'all, that's a wrap for this week's Tips Tuesday. Thanks for sharing this podcast and post with your blogging buddies and for leaving comments and reviews, too. And be sure to visit blogate.net for more tips and resources. And I'll see you online.